It's me, David Webb, and here's a highlight from today's show on Sirius XM Patriot. Ambiguity versus moral clarity. It's a lot of what we discuss here, regardless of the the particular issue that's on the table. It also speaks to the footing of a nation, the footing of a culture. Where do we stand? We're in a complex world, as David Bossie writes, where bad actors exist. There's no escaping that fact. David joins me now. And clarity, David, if it doesn't resolve the issue, which it often doesn't, it at least sets the stage openly for everyone. You, you, you couldn't be more right, Dave. Look, thanks for having me back, my friend. You know, we're in a world where we need to see the bold colors, you know, not the pale pastels, as Ronald Reagan uh, famously said. We're in a dangerous dangerous place in a in a dangerous time uh and we have feckless leadership uh weak leadership uh quite honestly all levels of government but really what matters most um is leadership in the white house and we we're just we're we're seeing david as and then you talk about this all the time but we have a crime crisis a border crisis a fentanyl crisis a a an economic crisis an inflation crisis a foreign policy crisis these crises every one of them and many many more are all man-made they're all man-made and that man's name is joe biden that that's that's where we are here so moral clarity is important um because we need to get right in the conversation that we're having with the American people over the next five weeks, four and a half weeks, between now and that midterm election, you know, we hear all the time, this is the most important election of our lifetime. This is the most important election of our lifetime. I'm a guy who has said that a few times. And I just, uh, every day I wake up and I'm scared to death for my children's futures or their lack of a future. You know, and that's 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 really the conversation that I'm looking to have with people. You know, clarity and to use the Reagan versus Biden example, and you write about that in your Washington Times op ed. And I remember the first time, you know, I heard we win, they lose. The clarity was not just in the words. But what's behind it? It's not just the force of words, but it's also the stance, the policy stance and, and the the people, because, in fact, we are the country. Our elected officials are ones we delegate limited authority to or for a limited time. Unfortunately, sometimes that's 30 years in D.C., but that's a, another topic for another time. But but those have to come together. And right now, when you when you go when you list off as you just did the crisis after crisis after crisis, that is a recipe for disaster, because one seminal event can turn one crisis into multiple crises, 
And that should be a concern for our policymakers, but ideology and driving, you know, false things like climate change, as, by the way, man-caused versus real man-caused decisions like energy policy, foreign policy, and more, it just, where's the disconnect here for them? Or, Or do they just want America taken apart? Yeah, the, let's just go back to the clarity for a second. It, 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 Ronald Reagan spent his entire lifetime up until being elected in 1980 as somebody who was ridiculed by the left for being a staunch anti-communist, someone who dedicated their entire careers, their entire lives about educating the American people about the dangers of the Soviet Union and what they stood for. And that is where he said, it's very simple. We win, they lose. Juxtaposed to Joe Biden, who has spent his entire career in, uh, in the United States Senate being wrong about every single foreign policy matter that's ever come before him. He's been on the wrong side. And you don't have to take my word for it or your word for it, David, their own former Secretary of Defense, Bob Gates, who served many in many administrations alongside Joe Biden, is a Democrat, said Joe Biden has never been on the right side of one of these issues, let alone all of them. We are we have feckless and weak leadership, rudderless leadership in the White House right now. And to be quite candid with you, and, 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 and you and I don't want this, you know, but we have a president who may not be in full control of that White House, and it is a staff-driven White House, staff decisions being made at a level that we've never seen before, unelected staffers making huge policy decisions for the American people, not what we signed up for. Look, from a position of analyzing the man and his goal from day one, I went on air about the Keith Ablo Hunter Biden text exchange uh, about his dementia and this is his son and his son's counselor, a doctor that I've known for years. And, and I look at that and I say, and you thought this was a good idea for the country, but I want to go to something that matters here. And, you know, certainly you and I and Michael Reagan has come on this show to recount many of the interactions, including one with Joe Biden, who told Ronald Reagan, if I don't like what you're doing, I'll leak it to the press. But the background of both men, And I want people to go back and think for a moment. Ronald Reagan could see and identify evil, right, in the the Soviet empire. He also saw and identified it when we were fighting the Nazis. While he couldn't serve because he was 4F, he did an uncounted, because I actually have lost count, of the amount of training films he did for the Army, for the Army Air Corps, for the U.S. military, and in fact to help train and equip people to fight evil. Joe Biden is a creature of college, see student, such as it is, to politics and the swamp. The remarkable difference is really in who the men are. 
you couldn't be more right. One was a one was somebody who wanted to dis, you know dismantle the the first guy to really want to dismantle the administrative state. Right? We we use that term now today, uh, forty years after Reagan. But Ronald Reagan is the first politician to come in who understood that big government. You know, he used to he used to have a joke. You know, uh, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. You know, he he this this is a man who understood it. Uh, he understood the dangers of big government, the cost of big government, um, versus somebody who has spent his entire career as a career politician, not an outsider, not a business leader, not an intellectual leader in any way, shape, or form. Somebody who was just the next guy on the ladder, and that's what we got here. The problem is. We, you know, the Democrat bench was so abysmal, was so bad in 2020 that that's who they had to nominate. The, 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 the guy who just kind of hung around, he didn't he didn't blow anybody's doors off. He didn't do it. He didn't get to be the nominee because he deserved it. The rest of them failed and failed upwards, but they all were failures at every level. They couldn't put together a real campaign. Joe Biden's the only one who did. And he held on by his fingernails to be able to do it. Uh, but that's who's leading this country right now. And, and so Barack Obama famously said elections have consequences. And I think we're seeing what he meant by that. Well, we're seeing uh, that and we're seeing it play out in spades. You know, as we go into this period, 36 days away, we need clarity. And as you referenced earlier, David, there will be uh, messaging so much of it, so much imagery and push for phone calls, digital mailers. It's almost understandable why sometimes people tune out, right? They're like, oh, God, I've seen my my, my mailboxes stuffed for the 50th time. You know, know, people get frustrated. David, you you and I do this every day, and I tune out. I, I can't handle the sheer volume of television, radio, digital, mail pieces, and I get overwhelmed, and I do it for a living. It is, for the average person, it's insulting, right? I mean, that's how I look at it. It's insulting to their intellect that they just get bombarded with all of this in the last 30 days. And that's where we are uh, as a country. Uh, But, you know, the conservatives better stand up in 34 days. We better be counted, and we have to win these elections so big that they can't, you know, cheat. You know, I hear the frustration of people. I get the calls, as you know, and we interact, and I understand it. There are perversions in our system. There have been effective, deliberate efforts, say, for example, Mark Elias and Perkins Coie, and now his continued group that has exited Perkins Coie to form a new effort or the next-level effort. You look at decisions that were unconstitutional by secretaries of state and governors, as in in, uh, the state of Pennsylvania, in action at times by some Republican uh, committees, state committees, state GOP, primarily to act on this. So with all of that and so much more in play, we've got a, a big need for clear, straightforward, and it has to be uh, possible action by policymakers. 
And, and I got to tell you, David, at times, and you, like you said, you and I do this every day, I struggle with how do I try and communicate this for the umpteenth time over? And sometimes how do I get to these policymakers so I can understand the frustration of the people? No question. I, I, I look around the country, race after race. It, it, the Democrats are trying to make this about abortion and climate change. And they are totally disconnected from what the American people care about. Don't, don't get me wrong. There are people who care about climate change. I think they are wrong in that they're, it's become a religion for people. I believe that the facts are not with on their side. There are people who care deeply and solely about the ability to, uh, to abort little babies right up until the point where they're born. Some even after, as we saw in Virginia. But but the American people are now have refocused. Look, you don't win the World Series in May and you don't win, you know, the, the Super Bowl in November. Right. You have to. The Democrats had a good July and August, mostly because the media, the corporate corrupt media helped them have a good summer. Uh, but now the American people are focused like a laser beam on the economy and on crime, and on the open borders disaster. Those are the issues that are polling enormously across the board. It doesn't matter what state you're in. It doesn't even matter what party you're in. Those are the most important issues of the day, and the Democrats are getting beat on them routinely, and that's why we're going to be able to win seats. The American people are focused on the economy, all elements of the economy. Look, we're going to the thing that's kept our economy afloat over the last 20 years since the 2008 uh, debacle has been a strong housing market and mortgages and the banks making loans. We're seeing that come to an end. New housing starts are down. Interest rates are catapulting, right? We are going to – that's been what's called held this, the glue that's held it together. We're about to have that shift we're going to see a, a huge problem over the next year. We're, Joe Biden has created, has, has taken an, a, a strong, robust Trump economy and destroyed it, driven it into the ground one policy at a time. It's the day after the election when I'm going to start the next step of this conversation with the American people. That conversation that you have had that we have all fought for is what happens when and if you have the control. And when they're inaugurated, what do you put on the table at the state level, the federal level, especially at the local level? Republicans, Americans, I don't care if you don't want to identify as independents, whatever you are, had better put things on the table that are possible that can be enacted. And if they don't, that failure is where we start kicking them in the butt because enough. We need success. How many times have we seen this? We took over the House and the Senate in 2016, right? And Paul Ryan did nothing. We have governors who have been elected and have done, look, you know, there's a governor that I know pretty well. The Republican Party in his state after eight years is worse off today than when he took power. There's fewer Republicans uh, 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 registered. There's, the state party is, 
not well funded. You know, candidate recruitment is not done well. If you don't do the things that you you were just talking about, what's the set? Why are we doing this? Why are we? Why are we putting them back in office? Why are we keeping them there? We need to fix the problems all across the board. I got to go here, my friend, but always a pleasure. Great op-ed in the Washington Times. Thank you. Thanks, David. David Bossy, president of Citizens United. Again, Washington Times op-ed. I'll post it on my social media. You can join me live on the David Webb Show Monday to Friday, 9 to noon east on Sirius XM Patriot 125.